0: Hello there. Welcome to the show. Uh, today I have a very special guest with me, Joshua from the uh, podcast Everything Star Wars. Joshua, it's nice to have you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really uh, excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry about my uh, my voice. It sounds like I have a frog stuck in my throat. So we decided that we were going to talk about the Clone Wars TV series. So Joshua is younger than me. We were talking about the dates, um, the movie or the I guess the Clone Wars movie came out in 2008. And Joshua said, "How old were you then?"
1: I was uh 3 years old.
0: Yeah, so there's a generational gap between Joshua and I, which is funny because when, you know, when I was growing up, it was the um prequels that were coming out. Right. So like I remember seeing the Clone Attack of the Clones in theaters in like the 2000, I think it was. Um for you, it was more of you know, like the Clone Wars TV series was pretty much already out, you know, when you started getting old enough to sort of get Star Wars and stuff like that. So just a quick overview of the show for those of you that don't know, most of the people that are listening to this show have some experience with uh, the Clone Wars. So like my brother and my dad had just recently watched it and they really enjoyed it. And I've never watched it all the way through. Mm -hmm. But the series started in 2008 and went to 2014. It aired on Cartoon Network. I was telling Joshua earlier I used to record it on like TiVo or DVR because it was on Cartoon Network and watch the episodes, but I've never really watched it sequentially. And then, do you know why it stopped in two thousand fourteen? Uh, no. Okay, I, th- I don't. I don't really remember why. Is there a is there an ending to it at the end of season six or no? Is it kind of just like leave on a cliffhanger?
1: Well, so really, what the ending is the ending is really season five. Season okay. six is really more of what they call the Lost Missions originally uh, when it was on Netflix. And okay, what it really is is just some kind of extra stuff, some kind of lore uh-huh. um, and more lead up to Revenge of the Sith. So okay. it focused heavily, like the first part of it focused heavily on um, Fives, a clone trooper discovering the uh, inhibitor chip in all okay. the clones' okay. heads. Um, and that plays a big part. Yeah, the
0: and season. I haven't seen season six or seven. And then, this so does season seven lead into Revenge of the Sith?
1: Yeah, okay, so so season six, that's just extra stuff, basically. It also has, like, some um, adventures of Yoda and how he figures out how to become a Force ghost. But season seven, okay. that leads directly into Revenge of the Sith and even takes place at the same time as Revenge of the Sith. Okay, that's really cool. The, yes, for some of the later episodes. Okay,
0: awesome. Um, And we'll talk some about uh, some of the characters in it that are sort of were added in the Clone Wars and aren't really in the movies. So the show consisted of 133 episodes, which is a lot. And one feature length movie, which I think the movie is probably about four episodes. I think I read somewhere that it basically was four episodes that they put together and made it to a movie. And then I think episodes six and seven of of season one were also made at the same time. And so the show takes place in between the second and third movie. So in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, and as far as I know, the show was very well received. Like I have never heard anyone like say, you know, negative things about the show in the sense of like it shouldn't be in Star Wars or it ruined Star Wars. All that I've heard is that it really adds a lot to the show and it really makes Anakin or Darth Vader a much more relatable character because you know say what you will about Hayden Christensen in the prequels you know might have not been the best actor but you still only had two movies with him like Obi-Wan he was in all three and we know Obi-Wan from the original trilogy and Darth Vader is basically a different character than Anakin is but do you want to talk a little bit about just Anakin and his sort of journey in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith
1: yeah so Anakin, I I love this portrayal of Anakin so much in the Clone Wars. It's really good, in my opinion. I think even better than uh, Hayden Christensen in the prequels. That's just my opinion, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But Clone Wars does a really good job at just portraying who Anakin is and expressing his character growth. So, uh, Obi-Wan doesn't really have much character development um, at all. So, maybe between episodes one and two of Star Wars, that's probably the most in the show. Not at all. He he stays the same. He's always this very collected, calm, chill character. Always a negotiator. Uh, but Anakin is really the one who has this development, and we see this a lot throughout the show. And uh, but it's really towards the later seasons where we get some real shift. Yeah. Um. But even throughout the show, there's development.
0: In one of the earlier episodes, I don't know like specifically when it is. There's a part like a almost like a torture scene where Anakin is like force choking someone. To I think I think they're trying to find Ahsoka or something like that. Yep.
1: Have you seen the episodes with the Mortis gods?
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, I did a long time ago. Yeah, so
1: that's that's a really interesting one because in that one, Anakin actually sees his future of becoming Darth Vader. Okay. And uh, he he eventually gets memory wiped, so he doesn't remember any of it after okay. that. But it's just this really interesting progression. Like, in that episode, he basically turns to the dark side. Mm. Um, and it's only because he got memory wiped that he was able to Come back for a little bit. For a little bit, yeah.
0: Okay. Wow, um, that's interesting.
1: But yeah, it is interesting because it shows he was already that close. Yeah. And all it took for him to turn over was just seeing all the ones he cared most about in, in, like, excruciating pain. Yeah. It was, um I think, Ahsoka. He saw, he saw a vision of, like, Ahsoka, Padme, uh-huh. all of his friends just in torture yeah and know uh, that really that just flipped him
0: well and that's what's interesting about the jedi is that you know growing up it's like oh it'd be so cool to be a jedi and we would always play you know like pretend we were jedis and we played battlefront and we played all these star wars games but being a jedi to me now is not ne- like it's not really appealing yeah because you're basically a monk yeah and you you follow this and you don't really have a family like the closest you have is your maybe your um Your master. Right. Obi-Wan and Anakin or Ahsoka and uh, Anakin. That connection of like being friends with people or having a relationship with people is very dampened. Like you have and and Obi-Wan is like always telling Anakin like, okay, you can't be attached to these people this way because it's going to lead you to, to the dark side, which eventually that it does. so um kind of moving on from that do you want to tell me a little bit about your history with the show just like when you watched it stuff like that
1: yeah sure so um i watched it not when it first came out because i was (laughs) three but um pretty soon after that i so i had watched all the six star wars movies at that point Mm -hmm. um and i don't know maybe i was six or seven maybe eight um but uh, so i watched it then and uh, i loved the show i think at that point still only five seasons okay and yeah, uh, yeah in
0: 2014 was when it stopped
1: yeah and i think i had watched i think i had watched it before then i'm pretty sure
0: okay um
1: or at least started watching it yeah. before then so i mean i loved the show i loved the uh i, I just loved it all it was, it was so good and even now looking back i still love it yeah so i, I do have like I do have a couple of friends who just don't like it that much. I don't know why. All, they said they watched the first season and couldn't get any farther than that, uh, just because it was too much action and stuff like that. Was, yeah, but that you're I, like what? I, I was like that. Ah, it's it's so good though, and it's not all just action. It's it's a it's a great show. I loved it as a kid. Um, I still love it. It's, it's just so good. I think Dave Filoni did a fantastic job with it.
0: And is he's not. Did he do all seven seasons?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yes. And he's like an actual Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. So how many times have you watched the show total?
1: Uh, Four times through. Okay. Have you
0: watched it like in the correct chronological order before? So
1: I watched it in the order that it came out. Mm. Um. So, which is mostly correct. Yeah, it's... it's... So, it's just, there's really just a few episodes, there are a few arcs that just take place uh, at, you could say, the incorrect times, just because of uh, just how it would flow better. And I think it does flow very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've watched it through four times. I've watched uh, some episodes even more than that, just because I love them so much. Yeah. And do you have a favorite season? Now, I was thinking about this, and... They're all so good. I love them all. I that's I got to say that now. I love them all. But, so the middle three, three, four, and five are super good. Okay. But if I had to choose out of those, definitely season four. Season four. Season okay. four has such great arcs. Is
0: that when Darth Maul comes back? It is when Darth Maul okay. comes back. Yeah, that's like so, right when I stopped watching it. Okay. Like I don't know what it was. I just kind of like fell away from it gotcha so i need to go back and watch definitely
1: um yeah so it's when uh the animation switches okay and that's really cool because i I like the animation season four a lot better
0: okay um interesting i didn't realize that
1: yeah 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 Yeah. it's got some really great arcs it's got this arc where um there's this whole um war on moncala and um, the Jedi have to go there, and then, like, um, they're losing, so they call in the Gungans to come and help them. Oh, interesting. And uh, it's, it's this great arc, and I love it.
0: That's the that's the planet that has the, like, where um, Admiral Akbar's from. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it's there's, the water like, the, the Calamari, which are the squid guys, and then there's the, the, the. So
1: you got the Mon Calamari, which are which is what Admiral Akbar is. Okay. Um, so. They got oh, there, and then you got the Quarren. The Quarren, which that's right. the, those are the, the squid, squid guys. guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's just a really cool arc. And then there's just this hilarious episode where uh, General Grievous is going to the Gungans to try and like convert them to the separatists. Oh, that's funny. But, I've never seen that one. But their boss isn't there. I think he's sick or hurt. So Jar Jar Binks impersonates the Gungan boss because uh, so. apparently like, he looks just like him. It's okay. hilarious though. It's one of the funniest episodes. And the Gungans almost take down General Grievous. Okay. It's the funniest thing.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that one for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that that's a good one.
0: And that's what's also kind of thinking about the show in general that's interesting is that when, um, so I, I saw uh, Revenge of the Sith in theaters um, and it was just like, the best like i just i still love that movie you know there's issues with it but i it's just i don't know if it's nostalgia or what i just (laughs) love that movie and in the very beginning uh you meet general grievous for the first time right whereas if you've now, if you go and watch the, I mean, he is a major player in the Clone Wars. Yeah, he is the, like the main general of the Separatist Army. Yeah, so it is really interesting to go back and to watch.
1: Have you seen the uh, the original Clone Wars show? Yes. Okay. I yeah. Have. So, which also came out before Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Um, and that also has General Grievous. Yes. In it. And he's just he's pretty much goaded in that. Oh in that, yeah, he's, he's just so insane. powerful. Yeah.
0: Um, and that's what I think I really liked about. That was that it led up to the capture of Palpatine, which is how Episode Three starts. Yeah, because uh, if you just kind of come into it, you're like, okay, how you know what what's <laughs> gonna happen? You're like,
1: clearly we missed something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, I need to go watch that movie again. I need to go watch the the cartoon series. Oh, again. because yeah. I remember when it came out, my friends had it on DVD, and we just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, which it is cool. It is it's cool. Just the animation <laughs> is so. <laughs> The animation is so Cartoon Network of that age. Like, it's so hard for me to just because we didn't really watch Cartoon Network that much because a lot of the shows are garbage. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. But like that animated series, like the the animation for that is so Cartoon Network. All right, we're going to move on to talk a little bit about some of the things just from the show. So we have a few um, topics that we just wanted to touch on, some of the things that the show really – does or adds that the movies really didn't have and talk some about the characters so i just wanted to start out to talk about ahsoka tano you want to tell me a little bit about who ahsoka is
1: yeah so she's arguably the main character in clone wars i would argue that she is the reason clone wars exists uh, she. I I did a whole episode about her. called okay. Sokotano history. I, I haven't watched that. I yeah, okay. I listened to it. I yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just basically gives a broad overview of what she does in the Clone Wars, and then a little bit of what she does after. And uh, so what? So she was found by Jedi Plo Koon, mm-hmm. Jedi Master Plo Koon, and taken to the Jedi Order. And then, of course, the first time we see her is in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, she's given to Anakin Skywalker as a, as a Padawan and uh so throughout the clone wars she has a lot she has a lot of character development clone wars is basically about her trying to figure out uh who she really is and what she thinks of the jedi order and i mean really clone wars season five which i'd say is the ending of it before season seven Uh um ends with her leaving the order Mm -hmm. um which is just crazy because uh she's it's it's really just because she like lost faith in the order, not faith in the Force. She's still a very powerful Force user. Um which we sadly didn't get to see in The Mandalorian. Yeah. She uh she just leaves the order cuz she's framed for like bombing the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. and then even though she is cleared, she still leaves. Yeah. Um but the show focuses a lot on her and it's about her development as a character and as a Jedi and it's very cool just to see how um, how she really is like a true Jedi. She's always looking out for the interest of others like she should as a Jedi, similar to Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. um, and not just like doing whatever the council says. Yeah. She, she does what she believes is right, which is what I think a Jedi should do. I think yeah. that's the proper thing for a Jedi to do.
0: You mentioned how she loses faith in the Jedi Council. Yeah. Um, and I think I've I've read things about – so I've read – have you read Darth Plagueis? I have.
1: I love that book. Yeah.
0: So that sort of sets up... So And I did an episode on Darth uh, Yeah, Plagueis. I
1: actually just listened to that okay. the other day. I like um, that a
0: lot. So Darth Plagueis sets up the fall of the Republic. Yep. And, it, and it sort of talks about how Sidious and his master plan for the fall. They sort of plan for the Clone Wars. They plan for all of this. They plan for the rising up of the Separatists and all this stuff. It shows you how weak the jedi council has become because uh the jedi council becomes very political yeah and it become it sort of breaks away from what it should be doing and i think i i tend to look at the jedi council as like the church a little bit but in the star wars universe but in reality it's it's sort of like a lot of people in the star wars universe look at the jedi as some weird like sect oh yeah and they sort of are like i don't understand why they have so much power um and they also come across as being like oh, we are greater than you because we're force wielders. And so the the Jedi Council gets sort of caught up in its own importance and that sort of leads to the downfall. So it is interesting that part of the reason why Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order is because she sees the fact that they're getting too arrogant and they're getting too wrapped up in the politics of things to not actually be doing like what they should be as Jedi.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So another big character that sort of has a similar arc to her just from the back. It's it's from the dark side to the neutral side is Ventress. Yeah. So I, I was only familiar with Ventress because of the original cartoon uh, show, because I yeah. think Anakin kills her yeah. in that show. And that sort of shows like it's part of um, Anakin's sort of dark side arc too where they're showing him sort of transition and him like using his anger to fight. Mm-hmm. But um, and I'm not as familiar with the character of Ventress, but um, she was she started out as a Jedi. Is that right?
1: i think so um i'm not entirely familiar with her origins but i i do think yes yes she was a jedi
0: or at least she was um like adopted like you know how when they find a child that's a force user Mm -hmm. they like take them Mm -hmm. yeah at at least that happened Uh, to her or something like that happened i think that's right and then she's trained by dooku and he kind of he's kind of her master so it's 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 dooku it's her and then it's um grievous and then uh what's his name the main bad guy sidious and those are kind of like the main players at least early on and then darth maul comes back and he's another one of the big like bad guys and his whole thing is he's out for revenge against Mm obi-wan because obi-wan cut him in half
1: right yeah and darth maul he's He's kind of against everybody. He's not on the Separatist yeah, side. because at some
0: point he fights
1: Sidious. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Sidious does not want Maul to come back. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really funny. Darth Maul is really just against the galaxy. Yeah. Um, so he is definitely an antagonist, but he's not a Separatist. He's not technically a Sith anymore either. Okay. Um. So that's just really interesting too. But uh, yeah, Asajj, she was a big player in the Clone Wars for, I think, up until Season 3. Um, and that and when in season 3 um Sidious orders Duku to eliminate Ventress and okay. find a new apprentice. So Duku convinces Ventress to go back to Dathomir and find a new apprentice for him who is um one of Darth Maul's brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh so she she uh she finds him. She goes back to her Night Sister enclave on Dan- on uh Dathomir? sorry Dathomir. Sorry, that's a From
0: Dantamir like is she one of those uh, people from Danthamir. like yes. that's her. Where she's originally from, I think from. so.
1: Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, she goes to Danthamir. She turns Savage Press into like this huge monster. Um. And then gives him to Duku as a quote unquote gift, uh-huh. but really it's a it's a trick. It's a trap. She convinced, um, or she basically, um, mind controlled, um, Savage to basically be an assassin for her to kill Duku because. Okay. Um, Dooku and the Separatists had committed lots of atrocities on their planet, or at least they would. And um this is just trying to get revenge on him. Okay. And they fail. Yeah. Um but yeah, so she she that's that's when she basically stops being a pawn for uh Dooku.
0: And she kind of becomes like almost like a bounty hunter. She
1: is she does become a bounty hunter. Okay. Yeah. She um she teams up with Boba Fett and his crew, the crates claw on couple occasions one time she joins with them another time she hires them okay which isn't in the show it's in a book based off of the unpremiered season of the show called dark disciple okay have you read that book Mm-mm, i have not it's a good one it's canon okay um so and uh yeah so she hires them there for uh, irrelevant reasons but so she, yeah she does become a bounty hunter and even at one point she uh, when Ahsoka Tano gets basically a bounty put on her head once uh-huh. she uh, is accused of um, bombing, bombing the, temple. the temple. Yeah. Um, Asajj actually takes her down She okay. doesn't kill her But she does take her down Before Ahsoka convinces her to kind of back off Okay But yeah, she, she's a really good bounty hunter Because she's a force wielder She's got lightsabers she's, she's been, been trained. trained by Count Dooku yep, She's been trained and, yeah. by Count Dooku She has just insane abilities uh-huh. um, And she's she's just a really cool character in my opinion In canon and in Legends She does a lot in Legends books Okay um, which is just really cool to read about. And she's just she's just such a good assassin. You can see that in all this.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about the bounty hunters in general?
1: Yeah, so um, there's really a few main groups of bounty hunters. You got Cad Bane.
0: Uh-huh. Um, and he's at the end of the first season. Yeah. Is that right? I yep. remember when that came out, and I thought he was a pretty cool character. Oh, yeah. No,
1: he's, he's one of my favorites, easily. Like, my favorite episode? I'd argue my favorite episode is... Pr- I'd argue with myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That uh, my favorite episode is... Uh, the box which is yes yes Obi-Wan is that right yeah so it's when Obi-Wan is is, is cool yeah I think it's maybe season episode 20 of season four so basically yeah Obi-Wan's in disguise as this other bounty hunter and he goes with Cad Bane and maybe 11 other bounty hunters Uh including Embo who's a great character I'll get to him in a second and they go to this box which is basically a tournament and the winners that is those who survive, mm-hmm. get to go with Count Dooku on a mission to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine on Naboo. Okay. But it's just such a cool episode. Um, yeah, I've
0: seen that one. That yeah, yeah, great. yeah.
1: Yeah, so Cad Bane, um, he's just, he's insane. He's, uh, spoiler alert for the Bad Batch, he's in the Bad Batch, Okay, um, which is just really awesome and he he plays a he plays a pretty cool role now, in it, i is, think now
0: he's not the same race as um Thrawn, is no, he no 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 okay so they he looks similar the blue skin the red eyes yeah yeah yeah
1: but that's where the similarities end yeah. um he is a duros cadbane okay. is a duros from the planet duro and Thrawn is a chiss okay from i think the planet he's from is called maybe rapak Something Just like the that. Chiss Empire, yeah, though. he's That's from a, he's know. from a world in the Chiss Empire. He's not from the Chis planet of Casilla. But uh he's from he's in he's from the Chiss okay. Ascendancy. Um Yeah, so different species. So Duros have uh no nose, no lips and their blood is green. Chiss, they do have nose and lips. They're basically humans, but, yeah, but blue human, skin, more humans, red yeah. eyes, and they're just a lot smarter. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> Cad Bane is basically this really typical gunslinger, kind of bandito kind of character. Yeah. And it's just awesome. He he's like a bad
0: cool version bandito. of Han Solo. Like right. Like an evil version but of so Han Solo. But so much cooler. Yeah, which is cool. Um,
1: not like, uh, yeah, so less uh, less smooth talking, um, which is what I like about Han Solo. Uh-huh. Uh, he's just such a scoundrel type of character, which yeah. I think is just really cool. Um, but no, he's he's kind of the flip side of that, Okay. which is really neat. He's got some great shootouts, both aired and unaired. So there's like this unaired uh, episodes of season seven that have him and Boba Fett getting into a shootout, uh-huh. um, which I hope we'll see in the Bad Batch. Yeah, That'd be so awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cad Bane, really cool character, goes on some insane missions, pretty much always wins. Um, he even goes up against Jedi and wins. He yeah. breaks into the Jedi Temple and steals a holocron without even getting noticed. Okay. Which is just insane. But uh so so then there's the Crates Claw, which is Boba Fett's gang, and that's basically made up of Boba Fett, um High Singer, the droid, Lotz Razi, a Thielen, who uses these really cool, like Boa weapons, which are like whips basically. Um Dengar, um, Bosk, and uh I think sometimes Embo. So this is the same
0: group that Darth Vader hires to capture Han Solo. Uh
1: not entirely. So yes, Boba, yes Bosk, and yes Dengar, but that's where it stops. So, Highsinger, um, oh, I'm not sure what happens to Highsinger, but actually, at one point, Darth Vader does hire Highsinger, okay. but not to capture Han Solo. Okay. Um, I forget what happens to Highsinger. <laughs> he might. He might. He might get destroyed. But no, the rest of the bounty hunters Darth Vader hires are Zuckus, the Gand, and his partner, 4LOM, mm-hmm. who's a protocol droid that got repurposed as a bounty hunter.
0: A protocol droid? Yeah. Like yeah, so, C-3PO? Yep, but
1: uh, for a uh, a different species, for a more insectile species, okay. so for that appeal. Yeah. Uh, less human-looking. Yeah, more, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They have the big eyes. Yep, yep. And IG-88, of course. Um. So so this group, the Crates Claw, they were um very well known in the clone wars era less so in the imperial era because they basically get disbanded and it's kind of every bounty hunter for himself at this point okay but uh yeah so these guys take on a lot of missions together um which is just really cool and then there's one other smaller group i don't know what the name is but it's led by sugi and she's a zabrak um, bounty hunter okay she uh i
0: feel like i like have some familiarity with that i, yeah. I kind of know what you're talking about yeah so
1: the first episode there in is um they're guarding some farmers on a planet
0: yes yes yeah, from the pirates yeah um, and that's just a cool episode yeah
1: but yeah bounty hunters play a big role in this they they just pop up everywhere yeah that's just really cool
0: and that's what is cool about so i i was recently watching some of the episodes from the first season it's like you can't decide whether or not it's for kids or not because <laughs> you know sometimes it's like they have this stuff that's yeah. kind of like the droids are kind of goofy sometimes <laughs> yeah, you know yeah they deal with all this stuff that's not, has nothing to do with what you'd think it would be. Oh, I know. And a lot of what they deal with is, like, supply lines Mm -hmm. and treaties and, you know, all this sort of political stuff that is really important if you are thinking about war. Because war is not just, you know, two people, two sides fighting. (sighs) It's about, you know, being able to supply these armies. And it's different for the droids, obviously, because they're droids. They're not, they don't need to eat and things like that. Right. But it's a It's a cool part of the show to think, you know, this is not your typical just kid show. Right. There's like a lot of continuity. There's a lot of. So one of the first episodes, or I think it is the first episode, is where Yoda is going to meet with the.
1: Tordarians.
0: Yeah, Tordarians on a moon and they're discussing having a treaty with them so that they can sort of stage from their planet. Yep. But so this is since I've kind of been rewatching it from the chronological order, there was a previous episode where Ryloth is under attack Mm -hmm. by the separatists. Yeah. And they're trying to and the Republic is trying to send them supplies. So they go to Tordaria and they're like, hey, can we send you supply? Can we stage here to send supplies? And at this point, Tordaria is neutral. they are like, you know, we don't want to we don't want to play a part in the war we don't want to pick sides we're neutral and then the trade federation guys show up and they sort of have this sort of argument about yep. it so this all happens and then the republic kind of moves forward and they're like we-, we wouldn't make a peace treaty with you so that we can use your planet as a stage where we could protect you and stuff like that and it's very uh political and it's very adult you oh, know yeah. all these sort of things that are going on it's not just simply Oh, here's a battle, or here's this, here's that. It's like, okay, why is there a battle here? What you know? What are we doing to capture this planet and things like that? And I think that that's a really important part of the show, and it sort of shows you the scope of the Clone Wars in general.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. No, yeah. So it's what I would describe it as is not a not really a kids show, but a kid show to be watched with your parents or a kid's mm-hmm. show that your parents can watch and actually enjoy, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I think, um, cause you know, as I'm older, I think this is like, you know, the perfect age to watch the clone wars. Cause you get all that, you know, kind of funny stuff about like the battle droids, which is just, there's some pretty, they're just goofy. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, which funny. is fine. Like, I know? enjoy that. I think yeah. it's really funny. Um, but then there's also all that other stuff like, and even beyond just like the supply lines and treaties and all that political stuff, there's even more, like political like assassinations and stuff but that happens a lot like which is really cool i think like aura singh the bounty hunter plays a big role well she's more of an assassin than a bounty hunter okay i I would argue but but she's a um, paid assassin she is yeah (laughs) a paid assassin um (laughs) which technically bounty hunters don't want to be considered yeah um but um so she plays a big role in it too a lot of episodes that star padme um also include like Aura Singh just because of like assassinations and stuff. Okay. There's even one episode in season six where um embo is hired to kill this other political figure and um there's just all these really interesting things in and he's the
0: guy with the hat yeah yeah he's
1: the guy with the he's the cayuzo featuring the cayuzo war helmet and cayuzo energy bow okay which basically are, the cayuzo energy bow is basically a bowcaster but like way more powerful okay um and that's just really cool yeah um, and he's but, like an
0: acrobat kinda, yeah, yeah yeah no
1: he's awesome he's, he's one of my favorite bounty hunters um but yeah so there's there's all this crazy political stuff going on and uh like like poisonings and assassinations which is which is just crazy which is not
0: in your typical like kid show and i ha- right. so i have a friend exactly. the one that i did harrison he's the one i did the episode on darth plagueis with yep. we i remember cuz he was uh, at covenant the same time i was for like we kind of were there at the same time for a few years and we would always kind of joke about <laughs> Whether or not this was a kids show, because oh, yeah. it's like one time you have this, and then the next uh, time you have someone getting <laughs> stabbed through the back, or like lightsaber. getting your head
1: chopped off, yeah, yeah. arms <laughs> and legs and stuff like yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Um, all right. So you had put on our little outline that you wanted to talk about, like mandalore Yeah. And I, I didn't really know what you meant by that. So do you want to kind of tell me what you were okay. thinking?
1: Yeah. So mandalore and the mandalorians and death watch all play a very big role in the clone wars both just as background for what we get in the mandalorian and just for like crucial stuff that happens so first time we see mandalore in the death watch obi-wan i think goes to visit duchess Satine, who's the ruler of mandalore mandalore is a neutral um uh neutral planet really I don't think ever switches what does happen at one point though is um Darth Maul takes over but I'll get there in a second so we go to Mandalore and we see um the beginnings of or we see for the first time Death Watch I'm not gonna go through the whole every Mandalore arc but uh we go to Mandalore and we see Death Watch and this struggle between the the so-called true Mandalorians who are the peacekeeping Mandalorians and death watch who are seemingly a terrorist group, but who really just want to bring back the old warrior way of Mandalore. Um, there are a lot of different views on death watch. Some people despise them. Some Mandalorians, some, um, like Mandalorians, uh, who also want to go back to the old Mandalorian way also despise death watch just because they think they're extremists or terrorists even. Yeah. But, um, the Death the Death Watch led by Pre Vizsla, who's voiced by John Favreau. Oh really? That's um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they're really just trying to bring back the old warrior way and they almost succeed to do it several times. Um and this is just really cool background I think because they uh, interact with several key characters lots of times. Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, I don't think Anakin ever, but um, eventually Darth Maul joins them. He wants revenge on Obi-Wan, of course. Pre-Vizsla also wants revenge on Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. For, uh, they had a battle and Pre-Vizsla lost. Uh, he just doesn't like Obi-Wan or the Separatists, which is funny. Yeah, so they, uh, Darth Maul joins with them. He uses them to create – he uses Death Watch to create his Shadow Collective, which is his group of crime gangs, crime syndicates, okay. um, like the Crimson Dawn as we see in Solo, and at the end of Clone Wars. Uh, So he collects Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, and all these um, groups just to try and basically rule the galaxy. Uh Um, So he takes over Mandalore. He kills Pre-Vizsla, Darth Maul does, and uh, takes the Darksaber as his own, signifying that he's the rightful leader. But it's at this point when there's a crucial schism within the Mandalorians and within the Death Watch. This is when Bo-Katan, who we see in the Mandalorian um and throughout Clone Wars, um, basically splits away along with several other Mandalorians, um, who who just who don't want an outsider to be their leader. Even though he rightfully beat, bested um <clears throat> And Preveesla's dying words were, um, only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. Okay. Kind of saying, like, okay, he's fine with this. Yeah. He is um He's uh he's totally okay with being beaten by someone stronger than him. He wants Mandalore and the Death Watch to be ruled by the most capable leader. So even though he um he was okay with it, Bo-Katan, who was never really on the best terms with Vizsla, uh just doesn't accept it. She leaves and cre- uh, just creates this schism, which is really important for just the rest of Mandalorian history, as we see in Rebels and then in Mandalorian again. Um and all this is just very important to the show. And at the end Clone Wars season 7 basically ends with the siege of Mandalore, which is um when Ahsoka takes a battalion of clones. Even though she's technically not a a Jedi, a Jedi or a commander or uh yeah, she's not she doesn't have a rank. She still takes them. She convinces Anakin to let her take some clones to Mandalore to free them from not really Separatist control, but from basically Darth Maul's control and the Shadow Collective's control. Okay. Um, and they basically have control right now. So it's just, it's really important because at that point, that's what sets up uh, a lot of other stuff that happens. Okay. Which, which, you, you'll have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. I
0: definitely need to watch it. And that is another thing that <laughs> is uh, cool about the Mandalore. The Mandalore is is very interesting to me just because before any of this happened, before any of the movies that we have, um, there was the Mandalorian Wars. Yeah. And Mandalore is like a very warlike culture, oh, yeah. and they've—I think they've started several wars. <laughs> yeah. um, and in *Knights of the Old Republic*, I think there you get some of that Mandalore. You get some interactions with some of the Mandalorians, and um, it's cool to see the clones sort of built off of the Mandalorian culture, their oh, yeah. armor, their weapons. Oh no, yeah, and, and how that leads into the stormtroopers and stuff like that. So, the concept of the Mandalorians is very important for what we know as you know the main movies because oh, yeah. it's like influenced so much oh, yeah. and even with Bubba fett and Django fett and all those uh things and, and now with the mandalorian show which sort of talks a little bit about you know just like an individual and like what it means to be a part of like the mandalorians because it's almost yeah. like a religion yeah I mean it is um but it's it's a religion plus culture that they they follow this so um that's definitely a really important part and it is cool to see how the show sort of shapes that oh yeah and so uh one of the last things that we're going to talk about is something that i've i knew before i well i like when i watched the show i i realized this but going back in these last this last week watching a few episodes is how much this show humanizes the clones um and in the movies you really don't know what the capacity of the clones are like we know that bubba fett is a clone of Django,
1: which doesn't really mean anything because we also know he's an unaltered clone so yes exactly he really is just Django. (laughs) he's not he's not this what you might see as a programmed being yes Um, so Uh, it doesn't really count
0: exactly but the idea that these clones are like genetically altered to make them more commandable Mm mm-hmm to make them like the ideal soldier because they they continually talk about in the show how the droids outnumber them. Right. Like 100 to 1, yeah. But the clones are the clones are better fighters. Oh, they're yeah. one clone is worth more than one droid by far. Oh yeah. And so I think that that's a really interesting thing that the show does cuz in the very first episode, Yoda is with three clones and at yep. one point um they're they're running from the enemy and they're resting in a cave and he makes them take their helmets off. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And they yeah. say, well, why why I mean we all look the same. We're pretty much the same person. And Yoda kind of goes and says, No, you you're people. You're you're not just you're not just clones. You're yeah. not just no. you're not just a tool. Yeah, like, goes, you are a person.
1: Yeah. He goes to each one of them and he like seems to know like all about them just by being with them for such a short time. Mm-hmm. He knows he like points out like each of their flaws, yeah. but also their strengths. Yeah. Like what's good about them. Um and he, he points out just really how different they are. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant to do in the first episode, just because it, it just starts off the show for what they really are portraying throughout the whole show, which is the clones are human. And that's first it's, it's great for really three reasons, I think. One, because it's for very practical reasons, because if it if they didn't really emphasize that at all, it would literally just seem like droids fighting droids throughout yeah, exact throughout the whole show and that could get really obnoxious that would get tiring really well fast. and it
0: makes the the battles more meaningful yes because it, it's like if it's just droids <sighs> v droids it's just like a video game it's yeah. like we really don't care who wins or loses no yeah like the separatists are just the same as the Republic but to humanize the clones it really makes the Republic more of the good guys yep
1: yeah no and there's there's this one arc one episode in an arc in season four where they're on Umbara. And uh, their general, Pong Krell, he's, he's leading the clones there. He's a terrible general, though. Yes. He does not like clones at all. Yes, and there's this one mind. part where he just hates clones so much, he has them, like, actually just fight each other. He says, mm-hmm. like, there's a battalion of clone of uh, Umbarans on the ridge, but they stole your armor. So He lies to them. Yeah, he lies to them. He has them just slaughter each other, which is horrible. It's like... It would mean nothing if they were just droids, but they're actual human beings. And he has them just kill each other. And that's just horrible. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's something that I think changes the perspective of the war as well. Yes. Like you said, it's not just droids v. droids. It's it's humans versus droids. And even though these humans were created, we don't have any concept of like cloning someone in order to create an (laughs) army. Like the idea is fascinating, but the um, ethical issues in – thinking about that you know are just astronomical oh yeah it's like the idea of breeding someone for war right. is is terrible yeah um and i think that the republic kind of understands that but then they're also like we we kind of have to yeah, there's nothing have else to have we an can army. do yeah yeah and i i don't know all the history about like sifo as well yeah there's not he, a lot can and how about he sets that. up the the clone army and yeah and that's sort of that that's not canon anymore. It used to be. Yeah. I think that's definitely a huge part of the Clone Wars. Um, yeah,
1: definitely. Um, and also, so two other things about that. There's um, there's just this at this time, these people like you were talking about in the Republic, they don't have a very high view of clones. They really just think of them as tools. As, as tools. Yeah. yeah, as tools, as just machines, basically programmed to do their bidding. Um, and this show really emphasizes that. No, they're not. Like mm-hmm. the movies don't do nearly enough. Uh, to emphasize this, which I mean they can't. They, there's just not they enough, don't have time. enough time, yeah. And it's it's not a clone movie. We're watching this for Anakin's yeah, story, yeah. Um, but the Clone Wars, it's perfect. They can do it. And then, of course, my last point is that it sets up perfectly Order sixty six. You need this kind of humanizing, humanizing aspect of the show to make the clones seem more likable and then seem that see that uh make that shift between just these loyal friends of the Jedi to basically their arch enemies. Yes. Where there's just this swap. They just turn on them and immediately just gun them down. Yeah. It makes that for such it makes for such a uh just an emotional um, and shocking scene. Yeah. Just that whole what maybe like three minutes of episode three? Yeah, when uh, they're just turning on their Jedi and it's it's just it's terrible. And
0: you haven't played as many of the video games as no. I have. No, um, but Battlefront Two, the original Battlefront Two, because there's two Battlefront Twos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story is you are playing as the Five Hundred First Legion. Okay, and you are, and it's narrated by one of the clones, oh, cool. and he sort of talks about how. Uh, it, it does humanize the clones as well and he talks about how um, it was difficult for some people to turn on their their Jedi huh. because they fought with them so there's, yeah. a, there's a there's a battle where you play on Felicia and yeah. you play with uh, Aayla Secura yep. and um, they just talk about how the battle or that time really um, gave them a like respect for her and when they ended up having to turn on her it was like actually difficult
1: yeah yeah
0: Well, I think this has been a really great episode. I think we've covered a lot. Um, I would definitely love to do this again. I think we could even pick specific episodes of the show if we wanted to talk about it. Or we could. I would love to talk about uh, Nights of the Old Republic with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, But uh, so (laughs) Joshua has a podcast called Everything Star Wars. Um, You want to give a little kind of just overview of it and then we can end the show
1: yeah so um basically my podcast i talk about well you guessed it everything about star wars um i'll talk about anything from different types of lightsaber forms to um reviewing episodes of the bad batch and uh it's really cool show i express all my thoughts but then also some really cool facts about this universe And uh, I just, I really enjoy doing it. And I hope you all enjoy Star Wars as much as we do.
0: If you're interested, I'll put the link in the description below. Thanks for listening.